Before starting the actual Sicha, I'm just going to start off with quoting a little bit of the Torah's Koyanim on a Pasuk and the Parsha, which the Rashi and the Sicha are going to be about. The Pasuk is speaking about a Zov, a person that has a particular type of discharge as a result of which he becomes Tommy and the things he become, comes in contact with become Tommy. This is considered one of the strictest or um, strongest Tumois. And the Pasuk says that any earthenware vessel that he comes in contact with needs to be broken and any wooden vessel needs to be toiled. A general rule, usually regarding earthenware vessels, in most tumois, the tuma, the earthenware vessel become tome only if the tuma goes into the airspace of the earthenware vessel, not just by touching, coming in contact, physical contact with the earthenware vessel. So says the Torah's Koyinam on these words, Asher Yigaboy Azov. You might think that if Yigaboy means touching it, you might think it means even if the Zav touches it from the outside, it will become Tomei. Says the Torah's says the Koyinim, wait a second. If even a mace, if even a dead body that comes in contact with the outside of an earthenware vessel, it does not become Tomei. Again, it, the Tuma of a Klicheres of an earthenware vessel is only from the airspace inside. So the Zav which is a lighter tumor than Tumas Mace, surely should not make an earthenware vessel Tommy just from the outside. The Torah's Koyanim goes on and argues, perhaps the Zav is actually a stricter tumor than Tumas Mace, because a Zav could make something Tommy in the tumor what's called Mishkov Moishav. Mishkov Moishav means if he's lying down on something or sitting on something, even if there isn't direct contact, it becomes Tomei. This type of tumor does not apply by a dead body which where it actually has to come directly in contact with it. So maybe Azov is actually stricter than Tumas Mace. So maybe over here, Asher Yigaboy Azov maybe does mean that even if he touches the earthenware vessel, it becomes Tomei. For this, the Torah's Koyinim says, we have Xayr Shavu. The Pasuk says, Asher Yigaboy Azov. We're focusing on the word boy. That the Zov touches it. We have another Pasuk, this is a Pasuk in regards to Karbonis, a Pasuk in Parshas Tzav, where it speaks about a carbon being cooked in a vessel, Asher Tevushal Boy, just like over there, the boy is referring to the airspace of the pot, so to over here, it refers to the airspace of the Klicheres, that's the way the Tumah by Azov also works. But if that's the case, so what does it mean, Asher Boy? It does speak about a certain type of contact. So the Torah's Koyen concludes by saying, we're referring to a type of contact that's as if he touched the whole thing. Which means it's not just merely touching it, but actually moving it. If he moved it, then there's the special tumor that's specifically only by Azov, that makes something tummy by moving it again, even without direct contact, just by moving it, even if he moved it through something else, etc. Now we go to the Sicha. So on this Pasuk, an earthenware vessel that the Zov comes in contact with needs to be broken, and any wooden vessel needs to be toiled in water. Rashi quotes the words and explains, using the same words from the Torah's Koyanim, you might think, even if he touches it from the outside, Rashi then says, etc., as it says in Torah's Koyanim. Ad, Rashi tells us to look at the Torah's Koyanim all the way until the words, what kind of contact is it as if you touched the whole thing? That is if you moved it. So we need to understand, what was difficult in Pshutei Shomikra for which Rashi needs to explain the words Yigaboy according to the Chazal in Torah's Koyinim, that it means moving it, 
rather than saying Yigaboy means simply touching it. And that would be touching it, any type of touching it, even from the outside. Says the name of the explanation is that we cannot say touching it means literally touching it, because we already learned earlier in Parsha Shemini by the tomb of Asheritz, of one of those creepy crawly animals that are Tomei. Rashi over there taught us already that a klicher is that an earthenware vessel does not become Tomei unless there's something in the airspace of the klicheres of the earthenware vessel. And therefore, when it says over here, a klicheres asher yigaboy, that the Zav touches the klicheres, we can't say that it means just touching it from the outside. Now, you might want to distinguish and say that Tumas Sheretz is considered a much lighter, more lenient Tumah than a Tumas Zav. So perhaps over there, an earthenware vessel wouldn't become Tomei unless something went into the airspace, not just by touching it. Whereas Tumas Zav, which is much stricter, as we said before, it's Metami Mishkov Moishev, even the things that he lies on down and sits on, even without direct contact. So you might say, since... Over here, a Zov is a much stricter Tumor, so perhaps the earthenware vessel would become Tommy, even if the Zov just touches it from the outside. And, therefore, Yigabai over here means simply touching it. So in order for us not to say that, not to make this distinction, and think that a Zov, because it's stricter, even if he touches it, it will become Tommy. Especially, you might say, that goes simpler according to Pshutei Shomikro. This is why Rashi actually in his Dibra Maschal quotes, not only the words that he's explaining Yigaboy to mean it doesn't, to say that it doesn't mean touching, rather moving, but he also quotes those words that will actually highlight this distinction. Meaning to say, Rashi's quotes in his Dibra Maschal, Ukli Cheres, Asher Yigaboy Hazov. In other words, yes, we're speaking about an earthenware vessel, and yes, we're speaking about Hazov, which seemingly is a stricter tumor. And therefore, you might think, you might think, because we're speaking about such a strict tumor, so you might think that even if he touches it from the outside, and again, Rashi says, etc., as we learned already in the Torah's Koyinim, which the Torah's Koyinim says, the Rebbe now quotes the Torah's Koyinim, which we mentioned before, that it's logical, that if the mace, the dead body, which is much stricter, does not make a klicheres tomei from the outside by touching it from the outside. So then the zov, which is considered more lenient, surely shouldn't be able to make a klicheres, an earthenware vessel, tomei from touching it from the outside. Then the Torah's Koinim goes on and says that, wait a second, the mace is in some sense, is not in, in some way it's not as strict as the zov because it does not cause that tumor called mishkov moishov. And then the Torah's Koinim goes on and explains that Gzairah Shava that we mentioned, Talmud Loimar Asher Yiga Boy, because over here it says the word boy, and by the carbon that was cooked in a pot, it also said the words Asher Tevushal Boy. So we learn out from there that boy means that the, the tumor is actually coming from within the airspace of the earthenware vessel. I you then going to say, so what does it mean, Yiga Boy, if touching it just from the outside doesn't do anything? So what does Yigaboy mean? What kind of contact are we talking about? We're definitely speaking about some sort of contact. And this is why Rashi brings the ending of the Torah's Koyanim. Ezeu Magoy. What is considered a contact that is as if you touch the whole thing? That is when you move it. Says the Rebbe, but we need to understand. Rashi is doing over here seems to be a bit strange. He's quoting a tiny drop from the Torah's Koyanim and not quoting most of it. 
Either Rashi should have quoted the whole Torah's Kainim, including the, the way it's proven that Yigaboy, touching it, cannot mean from the outside. And if Rashi is relying that we're going to look in the Torah's Kainim ourselves, then he also shouldn't have quoted the end of the Torah's Kainim, Ezel Magoy, what's considered touching it, that's considered as if he touched the whole thing. It's if you move it. All Rashi should have done was he just should have finished off with those words, Kedaisa, Betoyras Koyenim. This Rashi does this some other times. We find, for example, in Pasha's Vayikro, where Rashi speaks about a Pasuk and he says, oh, you might think this is an unnecessary Pasuk. Well, it's Darshan already in Toyras Koyenim. So again, the Rebbe's question is, Rashi started off a Toyras Koyenim, he says, Yochel, you might think that it's even if he touches from the outside, then Rashi just says, Chulu, etc. Doesn't give us any of the proof that it doesn't mean that. And then he says, so what does it mean? If you move it. So why is Rashi quoting some of it and not quoting some of it? Now simply you might say that the reason why Rashi does quote the very end, that what's considered touching it is if you move it, is because Rashi is trying to translate the words of the Pasuk, Yigaboy. Now what does it mean coming in contact with it? It means moving it. Whereas the other part of the Torah's Koyinim, which is just trying to prove that a klicheres cannot, an earthenware vessel cannot become tummy just by touching the outside, maybe that's not so relevant and therefore Rashi is relying that you're going to look for that if you're interested in the Torah's Koyinim. However, the Rebbe says it's difficult to say this because as discussed many times, anything that is necessary to understand Pshutei Shal Mikra, Rashi will bring it out in a very clear way for Ben Chomish Mikra. And therefore, if the translations of the word Yigaboy could mean that you could touch it from the outside, if that's the translation of the words, Rashi should have explained to us very clearly why we are not explaining it that way. All Rashi tells us is go look in the Torah's Koyinim, and then he says, oh, so what does Yigaboy mean? Moving it. But what's the proof that it does not mean actually touching it? Rashi shouldn't be relying on just referencing the Torah's Koyinim, especially that this is something that's not even that you would understand by yourself. The Torah's Koyinim is learning it out from Gzei Shava, learning out from boy that says over here, with boy that says elsewhere. So we somehow must say that according Pshutei Shal Mikra, the proof is not from the Gzei Shava of boy and boy, which is clearly not brought in Rashi, but somehow it's from the words that Rashi himself quotes from the Torah's Koyinim. Now, again, Rashi does not bring the whole Torah's Koyinim. So the part where he says, etc., as it says in Torah's Koyinim, that's only for additional explanation or proof. If you want more, then you'll be able to see more in the Torah's Koyinim. But the main point that you need to understand can be understood, e- understood even from the part that Rashi does bring. And that's why it's enough for Rashi to say, So how do we understand this? In other words, we're holding over here at the point, where could we actually learn this idea from without that Gzei Roshav and the Torah's Koinim, without looking at this Torah's Koinim? How can we understand this idea that Yigaboy does not mean just simply touching it? So we might suggest that we could learn it from the Tumas Mace. We know again that Tumas Mace is something very, very strict. And yet... It does not make a klicheres tome from the outside, as will be learnt later in Parshas Chukas. From this we can understand that also a zav, which is not as strict as the mace, would not make a klicheres tome from the outside. Perhaps this is what Rashi is referencing the Torah's koyanim. Not that he wants us to look in the Torah's koyanim to understand that gzei shava 
of boy from boy. Rather, we're speaking about that Kalvachoymer that the Torah's Koyanim said, that if the mace, which is more strict, does not make a klicheris, an earthenware vessel, tummy from the outside, then dissolve, which is a smaller, a lesser tumor, surely should not make a klicheris, tummy from the outside. Now this Kalvachoymer, we don't actually have to look at the Torah's Koyanim for even. That's what he's referencing the Torah's Koyanim for. But Kalvachoymer is a logical svara that we can understand even in Pshutesh Mikra. Now, even though you might say, well, wait a second, the Torah's Koyanim actually knocks off that Kalvachoymer. The Torah's Koyanim actually ended up saying that the Zav in some way is more strict than the Tumas Mace because he makes a Tumor called Mishkov Moishov, which Mace does not. Says the Rebbe, all that would do is make that the mace, Tumas Mace and Zov, should sort of now be on equal parts. In other words, the Torah's Koyinim started saying that Tumas Mace is definitely stricter. So fine, by saying that Zov has its own strictness, so now they're equals. But not necessarily saying that Zov is definitely stronger than Tumas Mace. And therefore, according to Pshutay Shomikra, we would still be able to say, okay, they're similar to each other. So if Tumas Mace does not make an earthenware vessel Tommy from the outside, that's enough of a reason that the same thing should apply by the Tuma of Azov, that it also should not make a earthenware vessel Tommy from the outside. Now, so you might say, so if the whole proof is just from a mace, from the fact that the dead body is not making a uh, earthenware vessel Tommy from the outside, why do we even need to bother going to the Torah's Koyanim? That's just simply what says in Chumash. We could just understand it from the Pasuk. So the reason why Rashi is referencing to the Torah's Koyim and not the Pasuk, which would be Pshutish or Mikra Bashas is because the proof in the Pasuk would be connected with a whole long Arichas to be able to understand what the Psukim are saying. And even there, not necessarily that Ben Chamesh Mikra will work out exactly how we're, how we're understanding this Limud, learning it out from the Mace. Whereas in the Torah's Koyim, it says it very specifically and very clearly. So this is why Rashi references the Torah's Koyinim, but really, technically, it's understood even from Pshutish Mikra. So again, before continuing the Sikha, the Rebbe says, perhaps, this is the proof why Yigabai over here cannot mean touching it from the outside, because Tumas Meis also, even without a Kalvachoyim, but just a similarity, Tumas Meis also does not work from the outside, says the Rebbe, but we cannot say that this is the proof that Rashi is using. Why is that? Because in addition to the fact that it's still not going to be smooth, why doesn't Rashi write it clearly that that's the proof, the point of Tumas Mace? But in addition to that, let's look at Tumas Mace again in comparison with the Tumah of Azov. We want to say over here that the Zov is going to be making things Tomei even by moving them. Now by Tumas Mace that doesn't happen. A Tomei Mace does not make things Tomei just by moving it. Again, it has to be direct contact, not just because he caused it to be moved. If we're to say that the Pasuk by Asasher Yigaboy is coming to tell us a Chidush, that the Zav is going to make things Tomei by moving it, which is as Rashi explains it, and this is clearly not by Tumas Meis, that means clearly our Pasuk is coming to tell us that there is something more about the Tumah of the Zav, more than Tumas Meis, then by the same token, why can't we say that Asher Yigaboy is also something more than Tumas Meis? In other words, that the way a Zov makes things tummy is by touching it from the outside, even though a mace does not make things tummy from the outside. Again, just to summarize, 
If we anyways have to say that our Pasuk is coming to tell us a chidush in the word Hashayigaboy, that it's going to be more and different to Tumas Mace, so why say that it means Tumas Hesed, the Tumah of moving something, we could just say that it actually means even if you touch it, if the Zav touches it from the outside, it becomes Tami. In fact, there'll be an advantage to this Pirush because now we could translate Yigaboy in the simple Pshutish of Mikra translation that it means touching it. So we're still stuck in our Sikha so far. So where do we know that Asher Yigaboy does not mean simply touching it? Again, this learning from the Tumas Meis didn't work. So we might say that what was forcing Rashi to say this, that Yigaboy does not mean touching it, is actually from the end of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, as we said before, that a wooden vessel needs to be toiled in the mikvah. So now, if we should say Asheyigaboy means moving it, which is what Rashi says, then we'll understand why the Pasuk needs to say, and a wooden vessel also needs to be toiled. What's the Chiddush of this part of the Pasuk? That a Zav, by moving, whether it's an earthenware vessel or a wooden vessel, the wooden vessel will also become Tomei by moving it. So we understand why the wooden vessel needs to be mentioned. There's a new Chiddush in Tumah of a Zav, that even if you just move it, it becomes Tomei. But if Yigaboy means simply just touching it from the outside, then what's the point of saying that the Zov is making a wooden keili tomei by touching it? Every single a wooden keili obviously becomes tomei by, by touching it. This is by all sorts of tumois. So in other words, it would be, this might be the reason that's forcing us to say that Yigaboy means moving it rather than touching it. Because again, if it only means touching it, then why bother even speaking about a wooden keli? Of course it becomes tummy if you touch it. If we say, Asher Yigaboy in our Pasuk means moving it, ah, maybe now we can understand the meaning of the words, why he has to add the words uh, wooden keli, because it's telling us that a wooden keli will become tummy by moving it. But the Rebbe says this explanation is also difficult to say that that's what Rashi means, because if that would be the case, Rashi and his Dibra Maskal should have been either saying the words Vachol Kliates, or at least hinting to them with a Vagoymer, because that would be the proof for his explanation. And since Rashi does not do this, this is a, this is obvious then that that's not the proof that Yigaboy means moving it rather than touching it. Or that the proof that Rashi does have would at least be a better proof than this proof of, of Kliates. In order to understand this, says the Rebbe, we're first going to look at something in the previous Pasuk. It would seem to be that the previous Pasuk that says, The Pasuk says, anything that the Zav touches, And he didn't rinse his hands in water, which Rashi actually explains means he didn't toivel. And needs to wash his clothes. So any person that the Zav touches, or anything that the Zav touches, becomes Tomei. This Pasuk seems to be a completely extra Pasuk. The Pasuk had already said earlier, a few Pesukim earlier, it said already, someone that touches the Zav, needs to wash his clothes, needs to toivel in water, and he's Tomei till at night. What's the point of this Pasuk then? Now, even though there is a certain halacha that we learn out of this Pasuk, which is, as Rashi says, that what, what the Pasuk is teaching us is, that as long as the Zov did not toivel from his Tumor, that means even if he finished seeing the discharge and he counted his seven days, but as long as he didn't become toivel in the mikvah, he still makes things tummy. So the Rebbe says seemingly that's not a good enough reason why we need our Pasuk. 
First of all, we could have learned that that halacha was a kalvachoymer from a yoldus, a woman that has given birth. She has to toivel. Furthermore, even after she toivels, she's still not allowed to touch holy things from karbonos. And she has to wait until 40 days after after becoming tired the following days. The following day she bring, has to bring a kapora and so on. And only then could she start eating karbonos. And furthermore, the Rebbe says, for this, the Torah would not have to repeat a whole Pasuk. It could have just said those words, which is from where we learned this halacha, in the previous Pasuk. It could have just said over there, why do we need this whole extra Pasuk? And it is because of this seemingly extra Pasuk, because of this question, that the Gemara, in fact, will learn the idea of Hesed, that Azov, when he moves something, it becomes Tommy, is actually from that Pasuk. Because it seems to be a completely extra Pasuk. But Rashi, where does Rashi learn out? This idea of Tumas Hesed, that just by moving it, it becomes Tommy, is only from our Pasuk that we've been discussing, in this later Pasuk. So the question is, according to Rashi, what was the point of that Pasuk that said, that anything the Zav touches is Tommy? And we don't see Rashi dealing with it. The explanation to that is that even in Pshute Shal Mikra, we know that a whole pasuk could be said even for one little tiny detail that's neschadish in this pasuk that comes a new th- a new a new concept in this pasuk. We know with again with the Kalvachaimer that sometimes the Torah will repeat a whole section because of one new thing in it. We see this right away in Pasha's Bereshis that the Torah repeats the whole story of Adam and Chava being created because of certain new details that are added in the story and other examples. And therefore, says the Rebbe, in Pshutei Shal Mikra, it's not really a question why that Pasek needs to say because, as we said, there is a Chidush in that Pasek where it says, and the Chidush in those words, Rashi tells us we learn out a halacha from those words. Rashi says, after explaining the simple pshat, which we said before means that he toivels, Rashi says that these words teach us that the inside parts of the body or of those organs that are uh, that have certain insides of them don't need to come in contact with the water, like the inside of the mouth, etc. Rather, only the exposed, revealed parts of the body, like the hands. And therefore, we don't have a problem in that possible. Why does it say anything that the Zav touches? Um, becomes tame because it's mainly coming to tell us this halach of yod of leishat of bamoyim that the way you toivel is that the outer parts of your body have to come in contact with water. Then comes the next pasuk, and now the question becomes again: So what's the chiddush in this pasuk? What's the pasuk coming to say that a keli becomes tame? That we can know again with a kalvachoymer from previous dinim. If a person becomes tame by the zav by the zav touching, then surely the vessels become tame. Again, we said a Zov in many ways is stricter than the other Tumas because it has a Tumor of Mishkov and Moishov. And therefore, when the Pasuk says, we might then think, oh, maybe the Chiddush in this Pasuk is, maybe you actually touches, even touching it from the outside, is going to make a Tumor. And this is why Rashi has to say, you might think, even by touching it from the outside. Since the simple Pirush of Yigaboy, means from the outside. So you might say, that's what our Pasuk is coming to teach us. The Pasuk is coming to teach us, because we just asked, what's the point of this Pasuk? 
the Pasuk is coming to teach us that even by touching it from the outside, this earthenware vessel will become Tommy. Now, before we said there's a problem with saying that that's the point, would be the point of the Pasuk, because then why would it say the whole creates? Why would it have to even mention the wooden vessels? Because that would be obvious that if you touch it, it becomes Tommy. So the Rebbe says, that's not a question, because we said already before that even if there's one new thing in the Pasuk, that's enough, and therefore that would be the new thing in our Pasuk, that a Kleicheres becomes Tommy by touching it from the outside, and that the Pasuk also adds about the wooden vessel. And to sort of highlight this svar, to highlight this Havamim, that perhaps that's what it means in the Pasuk Yigaboy, that maybe even touching it from the outside makes Tomei, that's where Rashi is sending us off to the Torah's coin, where we actually see that because of the stringency of the tomb of the Zav, there is room to think that it should make the earthenware vessel from the outside, even though by a mace, it would not make a Tomei from the outside. In other words, when Rashi is sending us off to the Torah's coin, it's not actually coming to point us to the area of the Torah's coin that's going to prove that the tumor is not coming from the outside. In other words, he can't say that Ashayigabai means touching it from the outside. It's actually coming to the point to, to, to point to the idea of the Torah's Koyanim of saying, yes, there is a Svara. Yochel, I might think that it actually means from the outside. Maybe that's the way it becomes Tommy. Rashi says, Vuchuluk the Isim of Torah's Koyanim, it doesn't bring the whole thing, because again, this is only coming to highlight the Svara of perhaps we might think that that's what it means, that it's coming to touch it from the outside. So how do we actually know that it doesn't mean touching it from the outside? This is the part that Rashi does bring from the Torah's Koyenu, where he says, Ezel what is considered a kind of touch, which is considered as if you touch the whole thing, that's when you move it, as we'll discuss now. How do we understand this? So the Rebbe says, when we look at this Pasuk, in addition to the fact that the whole beginning of the, the whole Pasuk seemed to be extra, as we said before, the words Asher Yigaboyazov seem to be completely redundant. Because this Pasuk is coming in continuation to the previous Pasuk that we mentioned before. V'choyl Asher Yigaboyazov, anything that the Zav touches. So why does it have to say again the words and an earthenware vessel that the Zav touches? It would have been enough to say an earthenware vessel needs to be broken. Even in our Pasuk itself, let's see the next few words. It says, and a wooden vessel needs to be toiled in the water. So why does it have to say again, Asher Yigaboyazov? By the Kliyat, it doesn't say again, Asher Yigaboyazov. And therefore, it makes sense to say that the Chidush in our Pasuk is in those words, Asher Yigaboy. What does Yigaboy mean? It's a new type of negiyah, a new type of touch. Not like the regular types of touching that we ever discussed earlier. Yiga, the type of yiga is boy in the whole thing, in the whole keli. In other words, it's not just a regular type of touching. We're only coming in contact with a little part of the vessel. To use the words of the Torah's coin that Rashi brings, Ezel magoy shul what kind of touch is as if you touch the whole thing? That is when you move it. The whole keli is then moving. Whereas, if you learn that the Chiddush of our Pasuk is that it's touching the Klicheres from the outside, then the main Chiddush would only be in the words of Klicheres, or also the word boy, but not in the word Yiga, Yiga boy. And that was what we're trying to explain, that the words Yiga is actually telling us that there's something new being told to us in our Pasuk, that there's a new type of touch. 
Perhaps again, just to summarize some of the main points that we discussed, is that Rashi's main proof for the fact that in this case, Yigaboy means moving it rather than touching it, is actually because of these extra words in our Pasuk. The whole Pasuk seemed to be like an extra Pasuk. What's this Pasuk even saying? Because seemingly we would have known that everything becomes Tomei, Kalim become Tomei. And here the Pasuk is coming and say, Uklicheres asher Yigaboy, that the Zav touched the Klicheres. So we're therefore saying, especially the words asher Yigaboy completely seem to be extra because the previous Pasuk used those words already. We could have just been a continuation. What should happen to the Klicheres? And therefore Rashi is telling us that the word asher Yigaboy as the words for which he brings from the Torah's Koyanim, Yigaboy means a whole different type of touch where he's actually coming in contact with the whole thing by moving it. The Rebbe now moves on to Torah and Avodah Hashem. A klicheres is made of earth. And this is a hint to the person. Adam Yisoydeh Meyofer. A person comes from earth. As the Pasuk says, Vayitzer Hashem Alekimus Adam Ofer Men Adama. Hashem created man, earth from the ground, dust from the ground. The Pasuk also says, Hashem says to Adam Arishin, Ki Ofer you are dust. And this is what we say, that a klicheres does not become Tomei from the outside. What does this mean? That those in Yonim, those matters of Olam Hazah, they get stuck onto the body of the person. Generally, the body of the person, compared to the essence of the person, would be considered a of like the back, like the outside. This can never contaminate the inside, the essence of the Yid. That is, since Hashem created a person, a Yid, in such a way, that he needs to have food and drink and all other in Yonim of Oilam Hazah, and according to nature, yes, he will have some pleasure from them, and the avoid is not to break the body, Famously, as the Baal Shem Tov teaches, it has to be Ozev Tazavimah. You need to work along with the body to make his body, to make the portion of the world a place for Hashem down here. So the person is not at fault that he now has some of these in Yonim of Oilam Hazah that sort of stuck onto his body, that got connected to him. These pleasures and these things that he had from Oilam Hazah. Even though, of course, eventually he has to become purified from those things as well. So again, the klicher is the earthenware vessel does not become tome, the yid does not become tome from these things that are sort of sticking on to him from the outside. But Medvar Mamurim says that but when does this apply? If he actually stays the way Hashem created him, Hashem made him into that earthenware vessel, that klicheres. Earth represents the idea that he has a certain element of bitl. If on the other hand, he's like a kliyets, a wooden vessel, like wood that grows, he also holds himself high and great, etc., or if he's a metal keli, metal being hard, strong again with a certain element of yeshus and so on, so he's no longer staying in the way Hashem created him, then there is some room for becoming Tomei, even me'achoyrov, even so to speak, from these outside things. And this is what Rashi comes along now and speaks again going back to the earthenware vessel. You might think that an earthenware vessel could become Tomei from the outside. What does that mean? We said that by Azov, perhaps we would entertain this thought that it could become Tomei even from the outside. What does that mean in Avoidus Hashem? That we might think that if it's such a strict tumor like Azov, this could make a Yid Tomei even from the outside. What does this mean? The concept of Ziva, this type of discharge, is not like the natural type of discharge which happens, for example, by the blood of a Nido, but rather Ziva is more considered like a sickness of the Guf. In other words, that there's more blood or more discharges, more than the regular nature of the world. In Avoidus Adam, what this would mean is, Dam Nido would represent certain elements of things that are there by the, because of the nature of a Yid. He hates a Leiv Adam, Ramanur, if it's natural, a person has, he hates a etc. 
Dam ziva, on the other hand, is when the person is in a certain extent getting his Yetzirah even stronger, enticing his Yetzirah even more than what the Yetzirah would be trying to disturb and distract the person on his own. To use the expression of the Chinuch, that ziva happens as a result when a person is going away from the normal straight path, when he's eating much more than usual, etc. In other words, here we're speaking about a person that's not just having the regular natural things, but he's going out of his way. And therefore you may think that in this case, this person, this klicheres, maybe does become tomei me'achayrav, even from these things, because he's ending up with such ra, with such evil things that are not there, necessary because of the nature of the person. For this the Torah's kainim comes along and Rashi says, that that's not the case. That when the negiyas hazov, only if the negiyas hazov, of the touching of the zov was in a way that he moved the whole thing, which again in Avoidus Hashem would mean that the whole general person was impacted, then the tumor could actually be even me'ach, then the klicheres would become tome, in other words, even from these other things from the outside, because the whole person was moved by it. But usually negia, the touching, the contact with Oyel Mahaza, even of the Zov, in other words, even if you went more than usual, could never really impact the essence of Eid, as the Rambam Paskins, that even a Eid that we need a force to do a mitzvah, so this forcing is only because of his chitzoyni. He says, Yitzhahara got the better of him. But even then, Bepinimius, he wants to do everything what a yid needs to do. And he wants to be like every yid and wants to do all of the mitzvahs. And by forcing him, we take off that dust that was covering and concealing on his true desire of the yid. It becomes nizgala, the emes of Hashem, even until oilam, even in this world, that the yid says, Reitzani, I want to be like every single yid and to do all of the mitzvahs properly.